This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you serve the wrong number of cookies in Sweden? Do you criticize the decor and B&Bs? Do you leave people off invitations? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make it. When we have to live together We can all use a little help Some people don't ask themselves Were you raised by wolves? Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton And it's Leah Bonima And let's just get right down to it with our moose boosh Let's get in it So for today's moose boosh, I want to talk about fika Leah, do you know what this is? Have you ever had one? Are we having one right now? (laughs) I wish I was having one right now. (laughs) So uh, have you heard of this term? Fika. I have not, but I feel like it sounds like something that I've watched in a Scandinavian television show. Okay. Yes, this is true. Yeah. So it comes from Sweden. And forgive my Swedish pronunciation. Uh, We have a lot of listeners in Scandinavia. I know it's not great. I'm doing my best. Um, You'll get the idea, though. And so a fika is commonly translated as a coffee break. And this is true, but it's actually way more than that. It's sort of like a way of life. Mm. It is embedded in the fabric of Swedish society. And to understand the fika is to really understand, I think, the Swedish people. And so the word fika actually comes from the word for coffee in Swedish, which is café. And it's a little wordplay, you know, café. Fika. We're just going to reverse the syllables. And it's a noun. It's a verb. And you fika at work. You fika with friends. You can fika as a low-pressure date with people. You can fika multiple times a day, morning, noon, and night. And the requirement is that you're taking a break from the day. So you're going to slow down. You have coffee. Uh, although I guess you're probably going to have tea. But like coffee is really like what we're going to do. And you're going to have a treat of some sort with your coffee. You can do something savory, but more common would be something sweet, like a traditional cinnamon bun or a cardamom bun. And it's most likely going to be with somebody else. A lot of people feel like the fika has to be social. You do it with somebody. Now, some would argue that you can fika alone. You're just taking a break from your day. And I like that interpretation because there is a Swedish bakery near my house that has really beautiful Swedish pastries. And sometimes I'll like grab a cinnamon bun and I will grab some coffee and I'll sit in the park and I'll enjoy that. And I say to myself, 
I'm having a fika. And I enjoy saying that to myself, uh, having a little break from my day. So I like the idea that you are allowed to fika alone, <laughs> but it is uh, often with other people. And this is very different than the way we do it in America. You know, in America, we so often have coffee alongside something else we're doing. Like we're having coffee while we're driving. We're having coffee while we're checking email. Like we don't necessarily have this tradition of, oh, this is a set coffee break. And in Swedish companies, there's actually two fikas that often happen in a workday. Like there's the morning fika where like everybody gets together and it's sort of an informal meeting. And then there's like an afternoon fika. And it's really important to actually like go into like the fika room with everybody and like have coffee. The boss is there. And it's sort of important for like job advancement. Like you don't want to skip it. Like it's good for your job to actually take the coffee break with everybody. Wow. Right? Isn't that kind of wonderful? Like to have a mandated time in the day to like, oh, we're going to have some coffee and a pastry. Yeah, how wonderful. Fantastic. And so it is no surprise then that Sweden has some of the highest consumption rates of coffee in the world. But it was not always this way. Are you ready for some bonkers history? I am. (laughs) Okay. So long story short, Coffee made its way to Sweden in like the 1600s. And originally it was more of a medicinal thing. Like it was found in pharmacies. But eventually wealthy people got hooked on it and was like, oh, this is good. I like this. And so coffee became very popular among the uh, wealthy people in Sweden. They were the only ones that could afford it because it was imported, but they really got into it. And so the government at the time was like, oh, this can't be good. Like this clearly has some effect. This is bad for public health. They didn't know what caffeine was at the time because that was discovered in the 1800s, but they knew something was up. And so there was a royal edict, which was like, oh, we're going to tax coffee up the wazoo. And if you don't pay the taxes, we're going to take away your cups and your saucers. And so wealthy people were like, all right, well, we're either just going to pay the tax or we're not going to pay the tax. And what are you going to do? You're going to take everybody's cups and saucers? And so then what happened is the government banned coffee. And as we know, when you ban something, it doesn't mean it goes away. It just means that you banned it. And so people were still drinking coffee. So now we get to King Gustav III. And he was not into coffee. He thought it was really harmful for everybody's health. And he was sort of a very age of enlightenment kind of guy. And so he was like, okay, everybody, we're going to use science and reason here. And I'm going to prove to everybody that coffee is bad for you. And so the king was like, okay, find me some twins. And so he found two twins in the kingdom who were condemned to death. They did something. I couldn't actually find out what they did, but they were condemned to death. And the king was like, okay, twins, I'm going to make you a deal. I will give you a life sentence instead. But what you have to do is, twin one, you have to drink three pots of tea every day for the rest of your life. Twin two, you have to drink three pots of coffee every day for the rest of your life. And we're going to see how dangerous coffee is. And so this has been called one of the first medical trials ever. Wow. And so what happened was the twin that drank tea every day, he lived to be 83. And when you think about what the life expectancy was in Sweden at this time, which was probably like 40, 83 is really good. And the king actually never saw that because he was assassinated. (laughs) And then the doctors who were supervising all of this, they died. And so the guy that was left was the one who drank coffee. And we don't know how much longer he lived because everybody else was dead and nobody was paying attention anymore. So the coffee drinking twin outlived everybody. And so despite this, subsequent governments tried to ban coffee again and again. Eventually they gave up in 1823. And so coffee became legal. But uh, isn't that wild? Wild. Totally wild. And so back to the fika. 
So the fika actually comes from a slightly older tradition in Sweden called the kafferit. And so what this was, or is, because it still exists, it's just not as common anymore, is a way more formal coffee party. And so this was for ladies. And this is when you got your best china out. This is when you put on your nicest clothing. This is when you went over to somebody's house to socialize or gossip or actually talk about issues or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it was a very formal coffee event. And there were a lot of rules around it, like seating was done by hierarchy, which actually meant what your husband did for a living, like mm. what his status was. Mm. And there's this <laughs> interesting, yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's how it went. Mm. And so there's this funny story that, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll repeat it, is that a woman who won the Nobel Prize for Literature, who was Swedish, went to a Katharip and went up to go serve herself some coffee and was reprimanded because she was single and married women went first. So even though in most places, somebody who won a Nobel Prize would probably be given like a place of honor at the party because like, I have not won a Nobel Prize. Yet. Yet. And so uh, so I like that. It's like, oh, even though you have won the Nobel Prize for literature, uh, you will still need to wait until the married women get their coffee first. And so a lot of rules around this event. And so it would always typically start with some sort of like bun or sponge cake thing. And then you would have cookies. And you would specifically have seven cookies. Oh. You would not have six cookies. Because like, what, are you poor? <laughs> and you would not have eight. Because like, are you better than us? <laughs> no, you would have seven cookies, exactly seven. And those seven can be whatever cookies you want, but there needs to be seven. And if there are not seven cookies, we will be talking about your party for months. And so that's just what it needed to be. It just needed to be seven cookies. And why I think this is interesting is that there is this Swedish concept called lagom, which translates roughly as like just the right amount just the right amount of something, just like the perfect balance of something. Like, why do you need a big car when like a smaller car will do? Or like, oh, that pattern on your dress, the blue flowers, it's just the right amount of pattern, not too much, not too little. And so there's this idea of, I guess moderation is one word, but it's just like the idea of like, oh, we are thoughtfully thinking about something and whether or not it's like the right amount of whatever it is. And I think when you understand this concept, you really actually understand the Swedish psyche and like the way the Swedes approach everything from politics to culture to food. Like it's really interesting like how everything kind of goes through that lens. Um, so seven cookies is the right amount of cookies apparently at a coffee party like this. Are you saying, is it seven choices of cookies or people have to put seven cookies on their plate? Great question. So you need to serve seven different types Got of cookies. Got you. And as a guest, you have to take each one of the cookies. You don't necessarily have to finish all of them. I, I have read that Swedish etiquette does allow you to take a nipple politely and not necessarily finish the entire cookie. But you must have seven cookies on offer and you must accept seven cookies on your mm. plate at some point. Mm -mm. You must enjoy all seven varieties. And one of the best-selling cookbooks in Sweden even today is called Seven Cookies. Seven <laughs> types of cookies. And so, unfortunately, the Catherine actually fell out of favor in the 20th century as things got more informal. Um, so the fika actually has a lot of these same elements. It's social. There's going to be a little treat involved with your coffee. There may not be seven cookies, but there could be some cookies. And another explanation, which I like a lot for like why the fika is part of like Swedish society, comes down to farming, 
which is long winters, long summer nights, but a very short season. And you might only have 16 to 18 hours to like harvest everything, you know, with daylight. And so you needed something between breakfast, lunch, and dinner to keep you going in the fields. Like you needed a meal in between all that. And so that meal, that snack, that break, that also could be thought of as a fika. Mm. And so one final thought, just etiquette wise about the fika, is that let's talk about refills. So if you're in Stockholm, There is an unwritten rule that you can have one free refill with your coffee. Like most cafes, the unspoken rule is you get one refill. I feel like I've learned so much. I mean, great. (laughs) I want a fika. I want a fika right now. Can I make it a verb? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a noun and a verb. Yes, absolutely. Phenomenal. And on some level, like this show, our relationship, we have a fika-based relationship. (laughs) Because like this show is... We're both drinking coffee right now. We are. We're both like getting together and taking a break from our day. We're catching up. We're having fun. I would definitely be having a pastry right now if I did not have to record myself talking. Like I would absolutely have a cinnamon bun while we do this if I had the option. So I think this show is basically a fika. I love that. Right? We're fikaing. We can gerund it. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's a little introduction to the fika. Uh, what's nice is that anybody can do it and you can be anywhere in the world to do it. So interesting. And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep in for the night. Maybe two. (laughs) So for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about bed and breakfasts. Which I have such a deep history with bed and breakfasts. So did you used to work in one? What's your history? I worked in one in college. Okay. And I actually remembered when I was thinking about this as a young child, mm-hmm. I pretended I owned a bed and breakfast and I used to make my parents come. Or I remember doing it to my dad. I don't know if I did it to my mom. Be at the bed and breakfast in the house. Oh, okay. Like I wanted to be, as a, as a young lass, I wanted to be a bed and breakfast owner. Okay. So you would sort of uh, make scones for them and then lock up the house <laughs> at seven o'clock at night <laughs> and complain about their parking. Okay. <laughs> so do you like bed and breakfast as a guest? Um, I think I feel a little, I stayed in a really nice one for this comedy show they put me up in, Mm. but it was like, it was almost to an end. You know what I mean? It was like big enough where you didn't feel like you were right inside this person's business. Okay. All right. So it felt like you had a little bit of more anonymity. I felt a little more anonymous. I think for me, I don't love it because I've never stayed in a bed and breakfast that had the decor that worked for me. (laughs) Like I have never stayed in the mid-century Florence Knoll bed and breakfast. It is always heavy walnut furniture and chintz fabric and Laura Ashley everything, which is just not my vibe. And so if I could stay in like the Eames house, uh, that's a bed and breakfast that like, oh, that works for me. But the decor is just, maybe I'm just in the Northeast too much and it's just all like Victorians and Queen Anne's, I guess. I don't know. But architecturally and aesthetically, it's just like not my vibe. But I've stayed in many. I've definitely stayed in many. So let's talk about some of the etiquette because it is definitely different than it being in a hotel. It is definitely different than being in an Airbnb. So the bed and breakfast, it's a unique beast. Yes, it's a very unique experience. And let's just define what it is for anybody who may not know. Basically, it is often a big house and it is often run by the person that owns the house. And they live there and are there while you're there. And depending on how big it is, they may have family members or other people like helping out. But yes, the proprietor is uh, on premises for sure. And often there will be like maybe one other guest. Uh, Well, I guess it depends on how many bedrooms there are. 
but there will definitely be a few other guests, but it's not going to be a lot. It's not like, oh, I just remembered, as we said this, I just had this flashback to this one bed and breakfast that I stayed in, in actually Scotland. Mm. And the lady was, you run the risk of somebody being really up in your business. Well, I think some people find that charming. And some other people find it aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think as a New Yorker who really loves anonymity among the people I live with, um, the idea of like somebody asking me like, oh, what are my plans for the day? I actually am bothered by that. Like, I don't I don't want to share. Oh, I didn't mind that. But she just <laughs> she kept asking me why I wanted to be a clown for a living. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how come I wasn't married yet? This was like the reoccurring. I, I would come back and I was like, OK, I don't think this really goes along with the. Uh, bed and breakfast relaxation. I mean, I guess we probably should have a different deep dive where we talk about the rules for people run bed and breakfast. I was just talking about guests. I mean, I would think it would be both ways. Well, the one I worked with in college was for women traveling alone Mm. or women traveling with women. So it was like, um, you know, a place where people could stay and feel safe. And I cooked breakfast. Yeah, so breakfast, often a part of the bed and breakfast part. In the title. And it's true. And so I think when it comes to etiquette, I think the rules there are, there are probably going to be rules. I mean, in general, there are going to be definitely a lot of signs. Uh, there's definitely going to be some rules, some guidelines, a lot of things to know when you check in. And so one of the things you're going to need to know is like, oh, when is breakfast served? And what type is it? Uh, and you probably can't skip it unless you let them know in advance because they're actually probably making breakfast for you. So if you don't want breakfast for some reason, then it's nice to let them know in advance. Like, oh, I'm not going to be there for breakfast. There's a there's a timeline for that breakfast. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah, this isn't like a six to 11 kind of situation. No, this is a one, two hour timeline. Right, yeah. So be there or be square. Be there or be square, unless you want to like grab an apple. If you want to have those fantastic eggs, you got to get there in that timeline. And very often you're going to be socializing with your fellow travelers. And so it is polite to be like, oh, how are you? What are you doing here? Like what wedding are you here for? Because that's usually why most people end up in bed and breakfasts. Do you also want to be a clown? (laughs) Why aren't you married? (laughs) So it's nice to uh, socialize. Now, sometimes there might be tables for one, in which case if you want to be left alone, which I understand before I've had my coffee, that that's my vibe. But yeah, it is polite just to, you know, participate. You know, this is the deal. And it is like we are in somebody's home because we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the rules are a little different, but it is definitely more homey than hotel I always feel very aware of everybody being able to hear me at a bed and breakfast. It's like a whole house of sleeping people. Yeah, well, because it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and often there's no TVs in the room. You know, often there's like no noise making uh, opportunities. It's about uh, quiet contemplation. Yeah, bring a book. And then one thing on my list is just shared bathrooms. Sometimes this happens in a bed and breakfast. Yep. So if you got that kind of room and you're sharing a bathroom, I think we just want to be mindful of just like, are we taking up too much time? And what condition are we leaving that bathroom when we're done with it? And I wouldn't leave my stuff in there. I would take it back to my room with me. Yeah. And also, yeah, take all your stuff out there. You know, make, make it nice for the next person. So standard courtesy. And I do feel like we've seen some beautiful bed and breakfasts in Christmas movies where they're all done up. Yes. It's the perfect place for a meet cute. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely a place for bed and breakfasts. I think I just haven't found the one that works for me. But um, audience, if you have suggestions for the mid-century modern case study house bed and breakfast I can stay at, that would work for me. I would be delighted to know about it because I think that would definitely be more my vibe. 
I stayed in a great bed and breakfast in the Berkshires. And it replanted that seed in my childhood dream brain of being, oh, maybe one day I'll have a bed and breakfast. Well, perhaps in your retirement, you will achieve your dream of being a bed and breakfast runner. I think I'd be pretty good. You would be excellent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think you'd be great. I don't think you would ask anybody about their marital status or (laughs) why they're clowns. So. Why they want to be a clown. <laughs> so you, you would nail that part of it. I would. I also make great eggs. When's check-in? Probably in about 20 years. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we start at a 10 and then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah, and just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm, I'm so in. glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for you. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my Books of the Month, but for multiple months now. So Books of the Months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. So our first question is, quote, my cousin is getting married and is having a destination wedding. I received an invitation, but the envelope was addressed only to me, and the invitation does not include any mention of a plus one. My partner and I have been together for several years, and we've attended several family weddings together. We live abroad, so we don't see my cousin very often, but my partner has met him several times, and we've met his fiance once. I have to believe my partner wasn't included in the invitation as an oversight rather than an intentional slight but I'm still offended. I cannot attend the wedding, mostly for other reasons, but I would like to send a card to wish them well. Would it be appropriate for my partner and I to both sign the card? Or would only I sign the card since I was the only one invited? My shortest, most concise answer, except for that one time we got the question about, can I ask somebody to wear a bra? (laughs) Right, okay. And we both said no at the same time. Uh Uh-huh. So you feel very definitive and succinct here. Yes, both sign the card. Okay, My first question was, do we wish them well? (laughs) That was my thought. Do we? 
doing? Because our letter writer is like, oh, I'm sure it's an oversight, but I'm still offended. And it's kind of like, oh, was this an oversight? I don't know. But I think either way, we would both sign the card because you, our letter writer, wants to let them know, hey, we're both here. Yeah, yeah. Before we get there, though, just as a reminder, the rule is that the names on the invitation are the names of the people that are invited to the thing. So if your name is not on the invitation, then you are not invited. That goes for partners or spouses or children. Like if your name's not listed or it doesn't say like, and guest, then like you're not going. Like that is the technical rule. So because this person's partner was not on the envelope, therefore they're not invited. And so it's a little problematic since it's like, you know I have a long-term partner. You've met them and you left them off. Okay, you know, noted. You would like me to come to your destination wedding and use vacation time without my partner. Okay, noted. That's my takeaway. Then I would even more so have my partner sign the card. Yeah, for sure. So I think one way you could do would be like, oh, Jasper and I were so thrilled to hear your happy news. I am so sorry that I won't be able to attend your event. We wish you all the best. I feel like the RSVP is separate than the card that they're sending. Yes. Oh, this is a separate thing. On the can you come, yes or no, that's, I think, just like, that's where checkbox no. and we're just mailing it back. Right. No explanation. We're not going to say like, oh, I'm not coming because you didn't invite my other half, even though that's very tempting. And then I think in the card, we can just say, Jasper and I are wishing you well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it goes, yeah, Jasper exists and he wishes you well. And then you both sign it. And then either way, you're covered. Yeah. Whether you just want to let it go or you want to make the point. Well, obviously, you're going to tell everybody else in the family about this. So. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> but I think it was problematic to not invite the partner here. And I can't imagine it was unintentional. I just, I, I want to believe the best in people, but given the amount of time and effort that people put into wedding invitations and guest lists, especially destination weddings, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how we had this oversight. The question to us though is, do they both sign the card? That's true. Yes. Oh, so that's just, we'll leave it there. <laughs> so yes. And I say, yes, yeah, sign the card, regardless of whether or not you're going to forgive them and pretend it was an oversight or hold a grudge. Either way, they sign the card. Both of you sign the card. Yes. And the card you send should just be very neutral and polite and as sincere as possible and without any commentary. Or you could just write the card to one of them and then you both <laughs> sign the card just to be like, oops, sorry, oversight. Um, oh, that's kind of poetic. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. As an option on the whiteboard. Yeah. Oh, it's not a hard no for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could write it to your cousin. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for inviting us to your event. We hope you have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> I think sign the card and then wish them well in that kind of wishing well where you're not really wishing them well, but you say it publicly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think we have to send a gift. So that's good. Silver lining. Absolutely. So our next question is, quote, we belong to several wine clubs and currently have way more wine than we can drink ourselves. So I'd like to host a series of wine tasting parties, red this month, white the next, rosé the following, for the purpose of helping us drink down our wine cellar. However, when people come to parties, they often bring wine as a hostess gift. Is there some way to politely express an invitation for people to not bring any wine to the party? I know that you're going to knock this one out of the park. <laughs> okay. Because um, I think that you can definitely say, this is for me to get rid of my wine. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on like who's on this guest list. But what we don't want to have happen is like, hey, we've got leftovers and we need you just to drink the stuff we don't want. So <laughs> it needs to not have that tone. 
But I think it could be casual, especially if it's like friends, like, hey, we just have way more wine we have room for, like, help us drink it. Like, that kind of sounds fun if it's sort of in that spirit. And then you do you or would you put a tag on the end saying, please don't bring any more wine. We have enough wine. We're we're set with wine. Just please bring your beautiful selves. Yeah. I mean, I think you could probably emphasize that or you could steer people into some other direction. Like, you know, we supply the wine, you bring the cheese, like make it more of that kind of like party where it's more like potlucky, maybe. You say, if you come through the door with wine, I will be sending you home. Okay. No, too far. Um, I feel like our letter writer wants a line on the invitation that says, do not bring wine. Yes. I mean, I guess if it's just friends that you're close with, I guess you could just say that. Maybe in a slightly more polite way, but it's like, we got the wine covered. We have the wine covered. And if somebody brings wine, I mean, then I guess just toss it in the pile for the next party. You're not going to get to a point of no wine. It's an asymptote. <laughs> we will never reach infinity or zero. You know, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I think we say we're supplying the wine, you know, is make it without being like, do not bring wine in capital letters at the bottom. Yeah, I think something like that. Although I do feel like the point of the party is to like, Thin out the cellar. Yes. So maybe we're just not trying to hide that and really just like say that explicitly is like the point of the party is we're trying to make room. And so this is like an overstock party. I think we could say our wine cellar is overflowing and we thought what better way than to have a party with our friends. Come help us drink our wine. Okay. And then it's like, we got the wine covered. Just bring yourselves. Yes. And then that's very nice. And then inevitably somebody's going to be like, what can I bring? And then you can say cheese. Or olives. Crackers. Seven cookies. <laughs> Cold hard cash. Cold hard cash. Non-sequential unmarked bills. <laughs> I would really love it if I asked people what they wanted me to bring and they were like, please bring a couple thousand dollars in non-sequential unmarked bills. <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite, the Toto NX1 toilet. Someday we're going to get this for you. It's it's going to happen. I would love it if I had a cocktail party and asked people to bring toilets and then I got seven <laughs> toilets. <laughs> if everybody brought one toilet for me. <laughs> what a dream. <laughs> that is the dream. So do you have questions for us? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen. And it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination 
for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? So, sometimes I feel like I take a little um, a little step into a different direction. Okay. And so, this week, I would like to share something that was something I did in a response to a vent, and then a follow-up to it. Okay, take us through this journey. So I think uh, our listeners know how I feel about how mean the online world is and how I feel (laughs) like people just leave comments when they're complaining about things and when they want to leave negative reviews. So once a month, I go online and I say nice things about everything I've enjoyed that month. I think we've discussed this. Yes, yeah, you're going on Amazon and you'll be like, this cheese grater, A+. plus. Yes, that's uh-huh. exactly what I do. <laughs> Pay it forward. <laughs> Last month, one of the people that I emailed was, this place is called Cookie Dough Dreams, and they sell cookie dough like ice cream. Oh, yes, you mentioned this. You like, I mentioned You happened to like stumble upon it one day, and then- Stumbled upon it many times. Okay, and now <laughs> you're like Norm from Cheers. They're like, Leah. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. (laughs) I bring people there. It's a whole thing. Okay. And every time I've been, it's always been late at night and they have the most wonderful people working there. So this month I emailed, I don't know who, but headquarters, not Mm -hmm. the store that I was at. I couldn't find their email. I just, Cookie Dough Dreams headquarters. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know how delightful the night staff is on your Hollywood Boulevard location. I love the cookie dough. I love that you have gluten-free and I particularly love how friendly everybody is always is. Very nice. So then two nights ago, I swung by Cookie Dough Dreams. I give the guy my card and he goes, I know your name. And then he looks at me and he goes, did you write an email? Uh-huh. Headquarters forwarded it to the general manager of this store who read it aloud okay. to the night staff. Okay. And then they emailed me to say how much they appreciated it. Nice. Very nice. One thank you email got shared to all these people. Okay. And I thought, wow, saying nice things to people really does make a difference. It does. So where is my vent to repent here? There is no vent to repent. This was a response to something that I did as a vent. <laughs> okay. I was so, I'm so tired of venting about people online that I was like, I'm going to be the change I, I want to see in the world. I was the change, maybe minute, but I did something nice. Okay. And then I couldn't even believe that somebody remembered my name because somebody read them the letter that I wrote. That is very nice. But I see that I am now going to have to take up the slack here and vent about something <laughs> <laughs> because someone I think did not understand the assignment. <laughs> I understood the assignment. I thought this was terrific. No, it's very nice. But for me, I would like to vent. And this is a real vent. So long story short, uh, I switched up my gym routine. So I actually am like showering at the gym uh, at like a different hour now. And I needed a new hairbrush because uh, we need to get the hair looking good. Nick has fabulous hair if you haven't seen it. Nick has terrific hair. Oh, thank you so much. Um, And so I got a brush and I ordered it on Amazon. And it arrived and I take another package. I'm about to use it. And I see that this brush has been used. 
No. There is someone else's hair on this brush. No. And the terror, the chills, the goosebumps, the things that go through your mind about holding this object in your hand and it's like radioactive and it's toxic and you're just like, how do I get this out of my house immediately? Like that's the feeling you have. And then it turns to rage because this wasn't on Prime and so like it took a little while to get here and so like I was waiting for this thing and so it was like there was the anticipation and then it was like, oh, it's finally arrived. That's great. And then it was just like this gross thing that showed up in my house. Used brush. The rage is like, who am I mad at? Because an etiquette crime has been committed. I'm a victim. But who do I blame? Who is responsible? It, it's like, do I blame the person that used the brush and put it back in the packaging to make it look like it was new and send it back to Amazon for a return? Like, is it that person? Or is it somebody at Amazon that like didn't bother looking? Because you would notice this black hair so long. So who is this person? Maybe it was Cher. Maybe Cher returned a brush to Amazon. I guess it's possible. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what? It was almost actually like a human hair wig. It was like that long. I was like, wow, that's, that is 36 inches. Those are, that's an expensive piece. So I just, I didn't know who I was supposed to be mad at. And so I actually did email the company. I was like, Hey, just want to know, like, if I order it from you directly, like, is it going to be fulfilled by Amazon or do you have like a different warehouse of not used brushes? And so I returned it to Amazon and it was just like, Oh, this is really disgusting. So I'm just very mad at the world right now about this happening because I don't think we want to live in a world in which we, use brushes and return them and pretend they're new. And then they get resold to other people. Cause like, also I don't want you to have taken the hair out of the brush after you used it. And maybe I wouldn't have noticed, but I don't like that idea either. So it's like, I feel like we don't necessarily return certain items in the world. And I think brushes. Yeah, it does feel like certain items should not be returned. Mascara wands, brushes, underwear. I just feel like there's a category of items that we just don't use in return. And so I think this is part of it. And I don't like that this happened to me. I don't like that this was in my house. It was like, felt like getting something with glitter on it. It's like, I don't even need I was about house. to say, this just feels <laughs> a little bit like the glitter. Only right? if the glitter had lice in it. Oh, oh. Ew, oh. I'm so sorry I said that. Triggering. I'm so sorry. Triggering. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So I don't like this happened. And I think just as a PSA, I think if we want to return something to Amazon, know that they might just resell it without checking it. And so as a consumer, I think it would benefit all of us if we are mindful about our returns and what might happen to it if we do it. And so don't just do it because it might just end up in somebody else's house. I got a sports bra with deodorant on it. Yeah. This is not what you want. No, I call. I made a phone call. Yeah. And they're like, okay, sorry. But it's like, does it have to be this way? <laughs> Right? I guess that's really what it is. Does it have to be this way? Does it just require constant vigilance? Is that what it's come to? I guess so. So that's my vent. I wonder if we could find the person with long black hair who returned the brush. Um, I mean, I'm up for the challenge. Sure. It's very specific. It's somebody who's bought a brush within the last, I would guess, six months. And they have long black hair. That's true. Yeah. I mean, how many people could that be off of Amazon? Really? I should have saved the hair and done a DNA test. <laughs> that's, that's that's what should have happened. That's what I should have done. <laughs> or I should have cloned them and then see what they turn into. <laughs> And be like, oh, I, I didn't see what you look like now as an adult. Okay, now I can find you. Uh, so, missed opportunity. If only we had talked about this uh, last week. We would have been cloning right now. Petri dish in the refrigerator. Yeah, I could have had the whole cylinder in my apartment with bubbles and like this <laughs> naked body floating in it. Yeah. Oh, what could have been? Who's got room for that in their apartment though? Very Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so, that's my vent. 
Natalia, what have we learned? Fika. That's right. I mean, I learned so much about Fika. Also, this study with the twins is... Isn't that wild? It's very wild. And I learned that your dream is to open a bed and breakfast. One of the dreams. One of the dreams. That's true. One of many. But I think this is achievable. It is achievable. I think we could actually open a Were You Raised by Wolves bed and breakfast. Oh. Well, you know the one thing our bed and breakfast is going to have. Not floral wallpaper, since that uh, upsets <laughs> right? you. True, but also every bathroom is going to have a Toto NX1 toilet in it. Oh, this is where you're going to put the seven <laughs> toilets from the party. Finally, finally place to put them. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. I'd say a handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, did you know that you can support our show every month on Patreon? Yeah, we have so much fun over there. Because this show, we do it all ourselves. Like, have you noticed there's no end credits? Because there is no end credits. It's just Lee and myself doing this whole thing. So if you want to help us make this show, then please go to our website, click on monthly membership, and see if there's a level that works for you. We would so appreciate it. We really would. So please do that, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. I know our longtime listeners know how deeply I am moved by people who wave out the window when I let them into traffic. (laughs) And this week I had two people back to back roll their windows down and stick their arm out. And one lady gave me like a double flappy hand, which I love. And then this guy who I let go across the lane waved and then gave me a thumbs up out the window. And I mean, it carried me through the whole week. I was like, (laughs) what? These people are wonderful. You're changing the world, Leah. I love it. And for me, I want to read a nice review we just got, which is quote. To say this show brings me joy would be like saying Taylor Swift has a few fans. It's not only incredibly well-researched and informative, but also hilarious. Thank you, Nick and Leah. That is so fun and lovely. Isn't that nice? So that really makes our day. So thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. 
And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.